everybody please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Guys, ladies, we have a good hockey team on our hands, so let's get right into it. We have trade deadline wrap-up. We have a winning streak. Let's get through all of it. First and foremost, let's go to Canada's own Kelly Hinkle. Folks, the best part of the trade deadline being over is that we no longer have to listen to a bunch of bullshit about Shane Gossesbear getting <laughs> traded. Thank God. And as it turns out, Yay. we may have never had to listen to a nope. bunch of bullshit about Shane Gossesbear getting traded. Imagine it. No. <laughs> I mean, listen, if someone... Hey, I mean, we were this close to getting Roman Josie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if they had offered sure. Roman Josie, if, then if yeah. A, if a legitimate top five defenseman had become available <laughs> Pretty sure I'd do that deal. Pretty sure. Yeah, you make that trade. But yeah, I, I, we're going to get into Fletcher's actual comments on the Gossip Bears situation in just a minute. But thank God. It turns out, um, you know, common sense prevailed. Hey, we need more than uh, six defensemen. So my so. thought, my thoughts generally about this Goss Despair stuff is, yes, you listen to... You listen to everything. You listen to everything. You listen to offers on everyone, with the exception of, you know, Sean Couturier and hey, if Carter Pete Hart, still and in that's the league, probably it. If Pete was still in the league, you even listen on them, because it could have been like... McDavid. McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah. <laughs> we need D. <laughs> but, well. you know, it, it never made sense to trade Goss It never made sense. Yeah, uh, just based on what they have available to them. And also, like, for many reasons, but one of them is, in addition to he's a good defenseman coming off a down year and also having a down year, like, his value is low. No, like, it just doesn't make sense. It just well, never we'll, made we'll, sense. We'll go into this. Yeah, we'll get As, into it. Even if they wanted to trade him, they can't anymore, so we can all shut up about yeah. it. That's the point. Yeah. From <laughs> theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So Kurt from uh, from this very site uh, tweeted this last Never night, and yeah. I wanted to amplify it because I was kind of thinking about the same thing uh, a few days ago, and it made me laugh when he tweeted it, and it was that we all love, as a fan base, we all love Kevin Hayes so much that no one is even complaining that it's plus minus is bad. <laughs> that's, that's how much we love him. No, no, no one is yelling that like, oh my God, there's, there's so many goals going in when he's on the ice. The guy sucks. We all love him that much that it doesn't even yeah. matter. No, I was plus Minus is bad, my call. I, I, I was looking at it. I was looking at that last night when I was mentally getting this outline together. I didn't send it to you guys till like three this afternoon. But I was like, the people who are in my post game who were complaining about like Justin Braun's plus minus for the first thirty whatever games of the season, never once have they mentioned Kevin Hayes. Like he's just this guy that we all love. And man, I, I do, I do have a, I do have a big old crush on Kevin Hayes. <laughs> like, I just think he's introduced a cultural. I think I've been. His presence him. in the locker room, listen, there's a lot of reasons they're good. Mostly they finally have enough good players to compete, so they're competing. But we can say, I don't know if the, the locker room culture was toxic or the worst or they needed to blow up the core, but it certainly wasn't good. And now it seems good. Yeah, chicken and egg, you know, winning is the best deodorant and all that, but 
He just seems like a guy you want around. Give him more millions. I don't care. Yeah, I, I, think I love we should, him. I personally G- believe. Give him another 10-year contract. Keep him around forever. After Lane Vigneault wins three consecutive cups, mm-hmm. he's going to retire, and Kevin Hayes should just be player coach. Oh, Great. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like it. Last but certainly not least, Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. So I saw a tweet today that just kind of I step saw, one never tweet never tweet never well tweet. this is not my tweet yeah, so. Kelly's taking that advice um, all of this talk about Twitter is like really triggering me um, <laughs> listen I've got a lot of feelings it's about long, ashes today. it's been a long you. day um, about and it just made me laugh so the tweet is from Yolo Pinato who is Chris who's amazing um, glad the NHL got on that problematic e-bug goalie thing overnight instead of dragging their feet on like goalie padding, scoring numbers, racism, sexual assault, or preventing head injuries. Accurate. So, so even the emergency backup goalie situation being yes. that it's fun and cool and people enjoy it and the storylines are amazing yeah. all the time. So the NHL has to how get rid great, of it. The NHL has to stop this yeah. right in its tracks. How great was seeing him walk into Carolina's locker room after amazing. they won and they're showering him. Amazing. And like, remember a couple of years ago, the kid from Temple. Uh, yeah. Got just dressed for Chicago. Yeah. And this is Chicago. This is Joel Quenville, like the most decorated coach in the league. Is like, yeah, I was trying to formulate a situation where I could at least get him out on the ice for a second. Like, and the accountant last year, yeah, like, this is interesting. Fun. It's an interesting quirk. Like, I think it's cool that, you know, guess what? If, if JT Real Muto and Andrew Knapp get hurt, they don't go, yo, Bill. You got a glove with you? <laughs> and throw me in the game. But that is basically exactly what happens in hockey, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Embrace it. It's one cool. There's one cool thing about the game, and it's this. Uh, this is it. This is it. This no, is the only thing all that, that is the, just like they can pick some random 42-year-old yeah. and be like, pat up, it's, let's go. It's not like he's like he does practice with the AHL club, and like he does stuff. He's the Zamboni He's the driver. Zamboni, but at the end of the day, I yeah. mean, for the like, AHL club, not even yeah. the NHL club. No, imagine the guy who comes in and like squirts water in the quarterback's mouth yeah. if Josh McCown got hurt after Carson Wentz <laughs> got hurt yeah now he's the fucking quarterback that's him like, that's cool this is like seriously you mentioned, the, yeah, and the human ahead. interest side of it like they always make for great stories yeah like he was on Stephen Colbert last night other than an orange methed out mascot when was the last time five minutes yeah. of actual never, watch never. television was dedicated to something in hockey never I don't know it seems yeah. good so, I mean gritty is about it yeah so, so apologies to Kelly because oh no. I'm going to bring up Twitter oh which God. for our listeners who don't know Kelly has given up Twitter for Len Kelly non-religious Kelly <laughs> yeah. just decides every single year I hate myself so so I'm just going to give up something for 40 you, days to pretend, to pretend like I like Jesus. I thought maybe you washed the ashes off. No. You, you didn't get them today. It's not about the Lord. I know. It's about but, torturing yeah, myself. The, the point I was going to make was that I'm not sure what was more entertaining today on Twitter. All of the people making the very true point that there's no way this would have been an issue if it wasn't the Toronto Maple oh, Leafs yep. that got embarrassed by it. And then, or... I'm not sure if that was more more fun or then watching every single Toronto Maple Leafs fan be like, oh, no, no, it's not because of that. When everyone knows it's exactly because of that. Yes. The, the thing that gets me is that, like, this is the thing that's embarrassing to the NHL. Not the fact that we spend, like, 20 minutes to see if Scott Lawton's skate is one millimeter <laughs> off of the ice. That's the thing. I'm that's gonna, not embarrassing. That's the thing I was going to bring up is I'm sure there has to be 
better quality video that these officials are watching. Because if the still shot of the close-up of the skates is what they're looking at last night, there is no way to ever overturn it. That, like, my God, that was embarrassing. And they're watching a tablet. I don't see these referees and uh, linesmen putting on cheaters to look at this thing. So uh, how have they ever overturned anything looking at the quality of video they're looking at? That was uh, yeah, Good let's, question. Let's not fix that or just the rule itself, the dumbest rule in all of sports so offside. But let's fix the only fun thing. I actually haven't been keeping up with what the NHL is saying about this because I think it's so absurd. It's it's basically just that it got reported that they're having the uh, the general managers meetings next week, early next week, and that it was added to, I guess, the docket of things that will be discussed as possible changes. These idiots. These idiots. Like, this is fun. You, They should make a rule that every game has to have an emergency backup goalie <laughs> just for five minutes. Five minutes in the second period and then let the regular goalie come out in the here's, third just for fun. Like, let's see what can happen in those five minutes. Here, and we're going to get into the actual show. Can, can your team fix it? I don't know. Let's here's, see. Here's how these discussions are going to go. God, about I the hate emer- this team. Here's this how these leak. discussions are going to go about the emergency backup goalies. They're going to decide it's a problem. They're going to decide we need to fix something. And then someone's going to bring up, we're going to have to pay an extra guy. Ooh. And then this thing's no. all going to go away. Yep. And yeah. we're going to hear from the owners or the GMs or whoever, oh, no, this is a fun quirk of the game. We don't want to take away yep. the human interest. We're going to hear all that, of this. Yeah, that was in 31 Thoughts yeah. today. We're yeah, going to hear exa- all of that's this. That's exactly what happened. Oh, the la- that- that's, what the, well, that's what happened the last time they got that, like people got bent out of shape about this. It was like we're going to have to pay They basically someone. were like, well, the teams maybe should have to like pay someone an extra. I think it was like an extra goalie coach or an extra goalie video person. And the teams were like, well, we're not going to do that. And the league was like, yeah, well, we're not going to pay. It was all right, well, we're just going to forget about it. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, take some of that Seattle money, some of that Seattle buy-in money. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get into the trade deadline first because we didn't get together for the trade deadline show. The Flyers, I wouldn't say made headlines, uh, but they kind of did. They made it on, like, the back page, maybe, yeah. like, page three or four. Yeah, they kind of did. did a thing. Was, like, in the Metropolitan Division, they're in the footnotes. Yeah, but, true. But... They kind of did what we expected them to do. They bring in Derek Grant. They bring in Nate Thompson. How did we feel about these moves when we saw them announced? Shrug. Yeah, like that, pretty much. So, (laughs) to me, it was just, like, I feel like I would have came away. And and in the end, like, I don't, I wasn't necessarily opposed to these moves because I understand the point of, like, hey, it's important to have depth for a stretch run and for the playoffs. And as I said on this show last week, I certainly don't want Chris Stewart or Mikel Verobiev anywhere yeah. near the playoff, like up any playoff game whatsoever. And these guys allow that to happen. I probably would have been more excited in the moment if they would have, and, and this isn't Fletcher's fault, just you get the deals done when they get done, but if they would have reversed the order of when they were announced, because like Derek Grant, I think actually is like a useful fourth liner and he's probably better than Connor Bunneman. And, if Nolan Patrick doesn't come back or if he comes back and just isn't very good, you're going to need, hopefully, a better fourth-line center than Connor Bunneman, who I like, but had two points in 21 games and is a 21-year-old who's still getting used to the NHL. So the Derek Grant one makes perfect sense to me. But then you went, and before that, you announced Nate Thompson, who's like an older, worse version than of Derek Grant. And I just... I. 
I hope that they're not going to try to force both these guys into the lineup forever because I think they have better guys who they would be pushing out. That's as as a depth guy, I don't mind Thompson as like the 14th or 15th forward. If he's like the 11th or 12th, that's bad. Whereas if Grant's the 11th or 12th, I'm cool with that. He's fine. And that's where I wanted to get to is I think like some of the, and not even excitement about these moves, there's nothing to be excited about, but the fact that on night one, they put both of them in the lineup and Joel Farabee is now, it's not a paper move, at least for the time. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's down he's with the Phantoms. He's actually down. And there's no extra forward. Like if in my mind, it was okay. Grant's coming in as four C Nate Thompson, your 13th forward. Everything else is the same. Awesome. Farabee though gets sent down. So they have no extra forwards. Both guys are in the lineup and that just gets me to what did we see out of them last night? I mean, they didn't look great, I, but, mm-hmm. but I don't think, I mean, they haven't, I, I don't think it was reasonable yeah. to expect them to look great. Like I, so in watching the game, because I was probably watching Grant closer just because I I have higher hopes for him. I thought in the first two periods, he looked bad. He looked very slow and looked actively bad. I went back today and I rewatched the third period because I was like, I was brainstorming a lot in the third period for my article. I wasn't fully focusing and I had to track the game anyway today. And in the third period, he looked better, which is good. You know, he was clearly getting a better handle on what he should be doing with his line mates. Maybe his legs came back a little bit because he was on a red eye the night before to Philly from the West Coast. So he was probably drained there. I didn't love what I saw from him. Thompson had his moments. He had a couple shifts where he did stuff. But again, I'm looking at Thompson as I think he fits best as an extra forward. And hey, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe he's good. But he didn't show me anything yesterday to change my opinion of that. At the same time, it was just his first game. And going back to what you were saying about the Farabee situation, I don't. it's hard for me to envision a scenario where Farabee isn't playing yeah like by even by like mid-march and then through the stretcher i think they know he's one of their 12 best forwards but if you're going to get these guys you got to see what they can do and maybe they're taking a bit of a short-term hit to better understand who these guys are what their styles are and what roles they would plausibly fit on this team in case they do need a guy like nate thompson down the road if guys get hurt in the short term it sucks because you're losing joel farabee and that's that's not and that's that my next question was like the impetus for the demotion like i get that his last game was bad he got moved to the fourth line that that, that wasn't the impetus behind it but it, it wasn't just that. No, the impetus behind it, because I, I asked, I before the game, I asked Vino basically, because Fletcher did this whole thing, like, did, he basically just, like, you know, did word salad to, to, <laughs> to explain it, which is, like, what, what a GM does yeah. when there's a move like yeah. this, and, you know, his people are going to be mad about it. So I, I straight up asked Vino, you know, what did you guys see in Farabee's play to make him, make it make you think that he was a candidate to be demoted, at least temporarily? And Vino, like, didn't even take the bait there. He didn't even say, like, well, we didn't think he was playing that well. We thought he benefited. It literally, he literally started his answer with, well, we got these two guys, and we got to see him, and Farabee was probably going to get scratched why anyway, and we figured, why sit him? Okay. Might as well play it. But that's a great... Thank you for that explanation. Yeah. yeah. I much ra- that makes much more sense to me because like I'm starting to just look at it like he he has the bad game or at least not as I good as he's th- been I playing. I mean I'm sure that was part yeah. of it but like he's the easiest guy to set yeah, to. It's, yeah. He's a rookie and yeah. all that and yeah. I'm just I'm like they can't possibly cuz was he playing his absolute best leading up to this? I wouldn't say yes. I don't think but he was playing bad. He, no, he was producing some points. He was there picking were, up there a lot of assists. Of, there were a lot of people and I think there is a contingent of just fans of any kind that 
when the when a team does something and they're generally happy with the team, they kind of retcon, Look for they retcon yeah. it into being a smart move. And you had a lot of people coming out and being like, well, Farabee had hasn't been very good recently. He hasn't been good since coming back from the from being sick. Like, okay, the first couple games, maybe that was true. I think he was fine yeah. up until that last game when he wasn't good and they sent it they bumped him down to the fourth line yeah. as a result. But like let's not retcon this into Joel Farabee has been bad for two weeks. He no, hasn't yeah. been. No. no, there's like absolutely no reason to galaxy brain any of this. It's exactly what Charlie said. They got two new guys. They need to see how these two guys fit into the lineup in case they need to use them regularly. Once they figure that out, the worst of the two will go away and Joel Farabee will come back. Like, that's it. Cool. And so I didn't want the Flyers to do anything at the trade deadline. and they're... Specifically for this reason. Well, I mean, yes, specifically for this reason. But the moves that they made, like, they're essentially nothing as far as I'm concerned. They're essentially nothing. Um, they're in case. And this isn't a, an organization. This isn't a management team that has ever led me to believe that they're just going to let Joel Farabee rot in Lehigh Valley. Like as soon as, as soon as they see a need to bring him back up or the fact that he's just crushing competition in the AHL, whichever one happens first and one will happen, if not both, they'll bring him back. And I'm not worried about that. I hate that he's not with the team. I mean, I hate it, but he will be back. And I think it'll be sooner rather than later. But one man's misfortune is another's opportunity, and we saw Scott Lawton get an opportunity Ooh, last boy. night. He'd been playing very well at 3C, but he gets moved up into the top six with uh, w- with Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny, and that line combines for three goals. They were freaking awesome. It was Pretty wonderful. Scott Lawton, this was, this was Scott Lawton. I really enjoyed this out of 31 Thoughts, I guess today or yesterday, whenever it came out. Uh, it was number 26 in 31 Thoughts. Another player I heard a lot of teams liked, Philadelphia Scott Lawton. And then, in quotes, Chuck Fletcher couldn't hang up fast enough. Another exec <laughs> joke. Scoot Lutz. Scoot Lutz. He is having Scott a year. Scott Lawton is really like, listen, uh, I said, like, like, last year, Lawton proved to me it might only be 10 minutes a game, but he's always got a place in my lineup. Um... It's a lot more than that now. I don't know if he's like a legitimate top six forward. Like we're saying, Farabee will be back and he'll probably factor into this place that Lawton's playing in now. But when we look at, say, that Swiss Army knife role that Michael Roffel plays, he's in the bottom six and whenever you want, whenever you need to, bring him on up. Scott Lawton fits. Damn, did he look good last night. So good. He's he's just, a, I mean, if, if there's one player that I've gone a, a complete 180 on. It's Scott Lawton. And he's made me look so stupid for not liking him, and I could not be happier. Like, thank you, Scott. Um, he is, uh, you know, you hear about these good locker room guys. And if you read Charlie's article about the DJ, like, the DJ gets his music from Scott Lawton. Like, Scott Lawton is the team DJ. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, Scott Lawton makes demands, and everyone else is too afraid to <laughs> goddamn contradict. Him. <laughs> and he's good friends with everyone on this team. Yeah. Like see, not just like friends, friends, but like good friends with everyone on this team. I think it was on our Twitter. Uh, it was Heather's images of Scott celebrating goals. Just then he's just angry. Yeah. Like everyone, else, <laughs> everyone else is like, yeah, he's just like, that should have counted for two. <laughs> like, fucking and, and the best part is like, He's legitimately one of the nicest dudes in the locker yeah. room, but he just has that murder face. He looks face. like a serious murder face. And, and, and yeah. it's great. <laughs> no, that uh, that little tidbit in, in Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts was interesting. I like uh, it. It was. And it just, 
I, I always got the impression that Fletcher respected what Scott Lawton brings to the table. And, you know, the, this idea that you need guys like that um, to have a winning team, you know, to have a legitimate contender. You need guys like that on your third line. You need guys that, you know, if a top six forward gets hurt, Scott Lawton can, can slide in there. You probably don't want him there all year, but if you need him there for two, three weeks, he'll do it and he'll do a perfectly fine job. It was interesting that the teams that other teams are valuing him too. Like the first thing that came to mind in my mind, and I, I put this in our, in our Slack channel and this isn't like inside information or anything, but I'm fairly certain the flyers were one of the teams in on, on Paggio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And DJ Smith was Scott Lawton's coach in juniors okay. at Oshawa. I would be blown away if Osh, if Ottawa wasn't like, all right, you don't want to give him a first you don't round want to pick. Part with you don't want that first round pick. Give us Scott Lawton, yeah. and then Fletcher's like, "Nah, it ain't happening." Yeah, and that's just like looking at the situation Scott Lawton is in contractually. Like because we're a little top heavy, we're not we're not Toronto, but look at the the money being paid to our top four forwards to have that value at the margins, like uh, Gabe Kapler would say. You kind of need guys like Scott, Scott Lawton to have 10, 15 goals. And if he can fill that role, it's absolutely perfect. But now we look at the new look lines. Top line stays the same. G, Coots, and Jake. Lawton fills in for Farabee. It's him with Hayes and TK. Bottom six gets the shakeup. JVR, Grant, Pitlick, NAK, Thompson, Raffle. Uh, no one really stood out last night, but do you expect the bottom six to stick for a little while, a week, two weeks, rest of the year? But definitely not rest of the year. Okay. If if they keep winning, I mean, you know, coaches rarely shake things up dramatically after, you know, when a team's on a well, they're on a four game winning streak right now. So if they just keep winning, maybe not. But no, this I look at this lineup as really in a state of flux right now because there's just there's so many variables you, know, you have the Farabee variable and that he's going to be back at some point you have the Nolan Patrick variable you have the fact that Nate Thompson might not be an every night player you have the fact that hell I like Derek Grant but he might not be an every night player Connor Bunneman's hanging around Morgan Frost is scoring points in the AHL like there's so many moving parts here that over the next month like to me and, and I, I hate to say this because I don't want to jinx it but to me what what the last three weeks allowed you to do, the last three weeks of winning and beating teams like the Panthers and the Blue Jackets and going on this run, it almost allowed you to turn this next month into like a let's position ourselves best for the playoffs yes. rather than have Fight to be scratching and yeah. clawing for the playoffs every night. Yeah, like I can see them shuffling things around as a way to test out what the best version of yes. this lineup is for the first round. Yes. And that, like you said, might be some short-term suffering, but in the long term, it's going to be the best thing for them. All right. Uh, we're going to break for an ad right here because there's a couple things I want to get to in a row after this. So on the other side, we're going to talk about uh, the rest of the Metro and what they did and how the Flyers stack up. And, of course, Shane Gossesbear, everybody's favorite defenseman. Okay, we are back. That was quite an ad, fam. I am just Loved excited it. for that thing you just heard about, maybe or maybe not. Uh, product so, or service. Yeah, product or <laughs> service. Check it out. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, what do we want to talk about first? Let's talk about Shane Gossis Bears. We're on the trade deadline here. Um, th these comments from Chuck Fletcher about Ghost are pretty funny. Um, he was asked about it, I guess, in his availability right after the deadline. Yeah, yeah. And he said, that's been the interesting one. 
I've been here a year. I can't say I'm always on social media, but I'm amazed at how often I'm trading him. Does that he know, shit was funny. Does he know that he hates him? <laughs> Did anyone tell him that he hates him? Yeah. He I should mean, probably know. He's uncoachable and a dickhead, so yeah. obviously you got to get rid yeah, of him. Yeah, somebody should tell Chuck that he doesn't want him on his team anymore. Uh, yeah, we were certainly not looking to move him, Fletcher said. Teams have called me on him. Nothing really makes sense right now to move one of our 7D yeah. unless we're getting a really great impact player back in some area those types of trades usually don't happen right now like yeah you know the one for one uh, dumb trade is usually in the off season yeah that was the big thing that i really did unless understand. you're getting roman josie unless you're getting roman <laughs> that was the only thing i didn't really understand about all of the gossip bear talk is that like the flyers are making a playoff push yeah. and no team goes through a playoff push with just six healthy defensemen. Like, guys get hurt. It happens. And I like Mark Friedman, but do I want Mark Friedman to be the first guy to come in if in game two, Justin Braun takes a shot to the leg and can't go in game three? Not a friggin' chance. And that's assuming that Shane Gossespierre stays as the seventh defenseman, which I don't think is a foregone conclusion because it's very possible that Robert Haig will stop having this supernova of good goal-based luck and eventually start playing like Robert Haig again. And then Shane Gossespierre will come back in the lineup. Not saying that will happen, but everything we know about advanced stat theory tells us it's going to happen eventually. So it's good to have a guy who historically has been a solid top four defenseman in case it does. He was looking a little Robert Haig last night. Yeah, he was or, minus two last night, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Plus minus, baby. Plus minus, baby. <laughs> the most Tells you everything you need to know But what about is Robert the Hague. combined plus minus is what I want to know. Well, the, and Braun uh, were minus four. I, <laughs> I don't remember. I, yeah, I know I, I looked at it. I mean, to kind of go back to this whole ghost trading thing, you know, the one thing that I, like, I completely agree that social media makes way too much out of this, like, Ghost is going to be imminently traded. And I think that a lot of it is partially because there are a lot of people on social media who just flat out don't like Shane Goss's bear anymore, and they want him gone, and they are just pushing and pushing and pushing, like, when are we going to trade Ghost? When are we going to trade Ghost? When are we going to trade Ghost? And it constantly stays in the conversation as a result. That said... I get the the very clear vibe that like the three young defensemen they view as the future are Proveroff, Sanheim, and Myers, and Ghost is definitely a tier down. So yeah. like, and I mean that it shows just by the way they've been using it. But like, you just you definitely those are the core pieces of the defense. Gossespierre, I don't believe, is viewed as a core piece of the defense anymore. Could he get back to that point? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's possible. If he has another season like 2017, 2018, you know, they, they keep him through the offseason, he goes out next year and is awesome again. Yeah, maybe he gets himself back in that conversation. Right now, I'm not going to go so far as to say he's expendable, but he's certainly available. I guess available is the best way to put it, and it would in no way, shape, or form shock me if in the offseason they make a hockey trade, you know, trade him for a forward of some kind to fill a hole that they feel they have. But the idea that they were just going to be giving him away for a bucket of magic beans, like it was never going to happen considering where they were, and also the whole idea of like don't sell super low on a guy unless you think his value is only bound to get even lower. Yeah, I just, like, my number one thing with Shane Gossespierre is I have fear of Patrick Sharp, Justin Williams. That's my number one. And re- those guys were younger. Those yeah. guys hadn't, like, Ghost has already probably shown his ceiling. I'm not saying he can't get back to it, but I don't think he has another level beyond that yeah, where those that. two hadn't really reached it. I mean, Sharp, not at all. 
but it was just like I just fear that like he's absolutely going to win a goddamn con smite if he goes to Toronto. <laughs> like there's not a question in my mind. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go. We're gonna take a look at the rest of the Metro because while the Flyers kind of put themselves in position to have some insurance policies in their bottom six, shore up the fourth line. We'll see where everything shakes out in the next few weeks, how they're going to utilize these guys. But the rest of the division, they kind of went for it. Yeah, they right? did, did more. Did more <laughs> stuff. They did stuff. They, uh, so we'll start with Carolina, who's on the outside looking in. Last I checked, maybe they've moved themselves up. I can't, I don't really remember. Well, them. they're like they're still on the outside looking in, but that's just because Columbus has played three more games. Yeah, like those, Carolina actually has the better points percentage. Those wild card peasants. I'm not worried yeah. about them anymore. <laughs> We're running for this division title. Not worried about those bubble teams. Uh, so yeah, Carolina gets Sammy Vontanen and they get Trocheck. Um, those are some pretty good moves. I realize Trocheck doesn't have the goal scoring numbers, but points wise, he looks good. Everyone's calling him the ideal to see. Well, uh, how do you think Carolina made out at the deadline? Anybody potentially good. The thing with these moves is that they all remain to be seen. And we heard a lot over the summer about how everyone around the Flyers got better and they didn't do anything. They made these piddly little moves and got these washed up guys and everything was going to suck. We learned that that was not the case. Yeah, the Rangers and well, Devils. I mean, well, that, that, those were idiots that were Devils and Rangers fans. No, no, there were, were Flyers, Flyers, Flyers fans, fans that I were mean, saying. No, I, mean, I mean, it was a. It wasn't like a few people saying that. There were a lot of people who were super pissed that, like, the Devils won the off season and the Rangers got Panarin and Bob went to Florida and there was a whole lot of talk about how the Flyers didn't do enough and everyone else did more. We don't know. Two days later. If these moves are good or bad on paper, yes, good. Hard to argue that they're not. Will they make these teams remarkably better than the Flyers? I don't know. Neither do you. Maybe Charlie does. Um, well, the the weird thing about Carolina. <laughs> There's a lot of qualified hockey minds in here outside of Charlie. <laughs> yes, me. <laughs> me and Charlie. I would say it's about right. <laughs> um Kind of going back to Carolina for a second. The thing that fascinates me about what they did, and this is why, like, there was a lot of, they got blown out by Dallas last night. And there was a lot ah! of, there was a lot of people, like, dancing on the grave, similarly to what a lot of us do with the Devils. Like, they won the offseason. Look at how bad they are. I was like, they won the trade deadline. Look at how bad they are tonight. The thing with what Carolina did, which is really fascinating to me, is that, like, I'm not sure they got dramatically better now. What they did at the deadline was they made a lot of moves that make them a lot better moving forward. When they get Dougie back. Yeah, but like, so look look at what they did. Yeah, they got Vincent Trocek. I like Vincent Trocek a lot. To get him, though, it's not like they traded draft picks. They traded away Eric Howell, who's pretty good. Yeah. Probably not as good as Vincent Trocek, but pretty good. And also play center. And then Walmart, who's a pretty good fourth liner. So, like, yes, they got Trocheck. I don't, that wasn't like a, you added Trocheck to what you had. You subtracted to add. It was probably a net positive, but it wasn't dramatic. Sammy Vaughn, I don't think, is very good. He was just a rental. Okay. And then Brady Shea, like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, got a, he's got a good base of talent. He does that hockey. But he sucked for the last two years in New York. So, can't I don't believe even Elaine Vigneault would let that happen. I know, right? But like the big thing with uh, the big thing with with uh, with Carolina was 
their defense was a mess because they lost Dougie and they lost Brett Pesci. So they they basically brought in Votnin as a rental the and the shade is tied there. What they didn't do was they didn't get anything for their goaltending, which has always yeah, been a problem. And no one problem. And, and now both their guys are hurt. So it's like, yeah, they did. They made moves. They made moves at the deadline that will make them better as an organization. I like what they did. I would even go so far as to say they won the trade deadline. But if you're talking about did they win the trade deadline in the sense that they positioned themselves to be dramatically better for this stretch run, I would say no. Yeah, I mean, it's been kind of the case with them for a little bit. You can play that possession game. You can have a lot of really good players, and we've seen it enough here. Man, if your goalie's got an 835 save percentage, you're not going to win a ton of games. Yeah, like if, if they were actually trying to win the Could tr- David Ayers be the solution there? Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. I was this close to buying a David Ayers t-shirt, and I am like, oh, this is going to get milkshake ducked. Like, <laughs> they're they're going to find something wrong yeah, with this something. guy. He's going to say something. <laughs> but no, like if you really wanted to, if, if they wanted to put themselves in a situation where they could say, we won the trade deadline and we are now a scary team. Instead of trading for Sammy Votnin as a rental, they should have traded for Robin, Robin Lehner, Lehner, but yeah. they didn't. So now you're in a situation where, like, yeah, you improved the defense, but the defense is still worse than what it was before Pesci and Hamilton got hurt. Yes, you got Trocheck, but your big, the biggest benefit there is that Trocheck has years on his deal beyond this year. Mm-hmm. You still lost two guys who were useful, and you didn't fix your biggest problem. So, like, I like what Carolina did, but it doesn't make me fear them a lot more. Right. This year, so this year. The biggest name, I guess, the Flyers were potentially linked to because it's, you know, he's productive, he plays center, and you could have made the salaries work with just a little uh, finagling. J.G. Pajot goes to the Isles for quite a haul. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, the Isles were, you know, they looked like, okay, yeah, they could win this division, and then suddenly they're not looking that way anymore. Thank God. They needed to uh, bolster themselves a bit. Did they give up way too much for this guy? I mean, they did sign him to an extension, so that's always important. Uh, but when you you know trade for a rental and give up a lot for him, you're hoping to have him beyond just the next 20 games or whatever. Did they just way overpay? Like, would it have been ridiculous for the Flyers to pay that price? I would have been yes. annoyed if they paid that price, for sure. Even if they signed him to the same extension. But I wouldn't want to have signed him to the same extension. Okay. Yeah. That that was the thing. Like it did I, seem a tad. I love it it, it's not even the money. I just don't see the fit. Like I love Pajot's fit as a rental. I don't know why you sign a center, another center, to a big deal when you have presumably Nolan Patrick eventually getting over this migraine disorder and Morgan Frost. Like you're Because big- you're giving up Scott Lawton. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who is probably a wing. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) But seriously, like, I love Pajot as a rental, and I think that's that's where the Flyers are in, was that if we could get him, you know, for a reasonable cost for a rental, the Islanders swooped in and were like, we'll give you the first because we want to re-sign him. And that knocked the Flyers out of the competition because the Flyers never made sense for the Flyers to give, like, I think the the Andrew McDonald deal, which is what he got, six years, 30 million, like, I think that's an overpay, but I can sort of understand why the Islanders Islanders did it considering the situation they're in and their weak point in terms of center depth and they needed to get a center and they were probably going to target him the offseason anyway for the Flyers it just doesn't make sense because there's other places they can better spend that money 
So if you couldn't get him as a rental, if the only way to justify giving up that much was to also sign him, it didn't make sense because I don't think the Flyers needed to sign him. And I like Pajot a lot. I was hoping to hell they, I, mean, I was really hoping they were going to get him because to me, if they would have got Pajot, that would have put them at like the top of the second tier of cup of cup contenders, like below the, the obvious favorites. I think it would have made them the best team out of everybody else. And it sucks they didn't get him, but I don't, I'm not mad they didn't get him because I wouldn't have given up a first for a rental. So Pittsburgh made some interesting yeah, moves. What the hell? Pittsburgh brings in uh, their old pal Connor Sherry is back. That pisses Sherry. me off for she, no which, reason I other thought, than figure out what your name is and fuck you. Yeah, Sherry. is it Sherry or Sherry? It's now? Sherry, but I refuse. You refuse? I refuse. I like it. That's, Connor that's Sherry. That's usually my. Spell it differently if you want me to call you Sherry. Uh, I just it. thought, like, like Marlowe is... The Marlowe one is no, a big-time head-scratcher. Here's the thing. It's a head-scratcher, and I know he's going to have 12 goals in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for so, sure. like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, and it's dumb, and if any other team did it, it would have been a bad move. But since it's fucking Pittsburgh, it's going to work just fine. I still just don't know, like, why? I think he and Grant why? have the same number of goals. What does he bring? Like, they don't need someone with veteran cup leadership, experience. They don't know? need veteran leadership. They do they need an old guy? Like, is he the oldest guy? He's I mean, he's definitely the oldest guy. But like, do they need an old? I don't. Do they, they need a dad? They need a guy. Dad? They need a guy yes. for Sidney Crosby to hand the cup to if they win. Okay. Like, I guess. I guess. I don't know. They're I don't know. That was a real one for that. Like, we've never won the cup vibe to get some some goodwill with I, everyone that always hates the Penguins. I don't know. I felt legitimately bad for Joe Thornton when I saw the quote. Real like, bad. I wanted to get another chance at this thing. It like, hurt oh, my heart. You poor son of a bitch. <laughs> I felt bad. Stop signing contracts me. in San Jose's. I mean, they're typically a cup contender. <laughs> After last year, I think that it was reasonable for him to think they would have been good again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the pit, I mean, Pittsburgh did what Pittsburgh does. They made moves that people will question and they'll work out for them. Kovalchuk to the Caps. Yeah, they got Brennan Dillon too. Yeah, yeah. Not not on deadline day, but they yeah. Uh, right I just because I thought Kovalchuk was an interesting name for the Flyers. I didn't think it was likely or even maybe all that smart. Uh, we've been over it. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, Flyers need someone who shoots and scores, and he does that sometimes. When he feels uh, like this it. This wasn't a to the Metro move, but I want to bring it up anyway. So Wayne Simmons trade waived his no trade clause to go to Buffalo. Well, I mean, he was in New Jersey. I would waive my I would waive my trade clause pretty much anywhere to get Fair. out of New Jersey. What's but, the like, difference? Why is Buffalo buying? Do they think they're going to get it? Because the Toronto and Florida are so bad. Okay, fair. So I have a theory on Uh-oh. this, and this is my theory. I mean, okay, I will give you my serious theory, and then I will give you my funny theory. Okay. My serious theory is that that locker room is such a mess that they just wanted to get him in there to try to whip everybody into shape. Because okay. like it's you tell that. Jack Eichel to get the fuck over himself, <laughs> Wayne Simmons. Thank you. That, that is the that is the serious theory. Okay. The funny theory is that this all stems from that dude on the on the radio show who screamed about the the Sabers being a disgrace and stuff, and they want to try to like somehow convince the the angry sports radio contingent that they actually have a shot at the playoffs. That's their way to do it. I mean, by bringing in Wayne Simmons. By bringing in Wayne Simmons. It could be both. It could, it could be, both. be both of those yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, that seems... Yeah. That's, you remember that story, right? Yeah. When, like, he lost his mind and then, like, the entire national media ran with it for, like, a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. I thought you were going to go with uh, he just wanted to be closer to Toronto because he's got a kid and two dogs. 
Oh, well, I mean, that might be why he like, waved. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm talking about why the yeah, Sabres Yeah, won. why the Sabres Because the Sabres are not... Like, no, the they're, Sabres they're, are just a poorly run franchise. That's, like, why, that's why they did it. They're, so they're a poorly bad. run franchise. There were like 10 articles after that yeah. talking about how, you know, the Sabres are, have a shot at the playoffs. Like, just because they made a buying trade does not magically give them a shot at the playoffs. They are still just as much of a long shot as they were and five minutes before that trade was announced, they're not a good team, and they're way out of the playoff race. It's over. Let's not pretend they're in the race. They're not. Yeah, like they traded for a guy with like seven goals. Yeah. Like, I love Wayne. He's one of my favorite flyers ever. But to think he can have a tangible effect on the team making a quote-unquote playoff push is, I think, a, a, a little foolhardy. It's a little sad to see just how far his stock has fallen. Like that, he got five million in the offseason. It's old. It's fine for what a year. Yeah, yeah. That's more than I will make in my whole life. I mean, that's more than all of us will make combined yeah, in our so entire lives. He's fine. Yeah. I mean, it it does suck that like he was underpaid for so long. Yeah, and he's and never going to get his fell big off payday. right as yeah. that contract ended. Yeah, it sucks. Like, it was a shame. Um, so this is going to be my thing. Uh, Your thing. You have a lot of things. Yeah, the numbers from January 8th are going to be the thing I keep going back to because, simply because it was January 7th, 2019, that St. Louis came into Philly and changed their season. All right. uh, With the shutout with Bennington and all that. I like this. I'm on board. Since January 8th, the Flyers lead the league in goals per game. Their power play is top 10. They have the third best points percentage behind Tampa and Colorado, which was my preseason pick for the Stanley Cup. Uh, they are 5-2-1 and one on the road since then, which is pretty good. They have a league-best 4.13 goals per game on the road. It's even better than their overall number. It's almost like they weren't like magically an awful road team. Yeah, they have the second-best road power play and seventh-best road penalty kill. Hart is 7-2-0 in this time since January 8th with a 9-22. Both of his losses coming to Tampa. Um, Man, for over a month now, almost two months, this team has looked like a legitimate one of the best teams in the league. They're top 10 in pretty much everything except shots on goal per game. It's their only number that's down, but they give up so few shots it really doesn't matter. If they could just stop fucking around in the first period, oh my god, they would be unstoppable. What? Can, let's take a little pit stop there. Okay. Char- anybody, anybody, feel free to chime in. What the fuck were they doing after they scored the first goal last night? They went to sleep for fifteen minutes, pooping. They were just, they were just chilling. Yeah. yeah. They're conserving it was like energy. Johnny Goudreau when he left the ice during practice. He's like, I had to pee. I had to pee. <laughs> That's the best thing that happened on t- any I'm move. On the trade deadline. Any move oh, that got made on trade deadline day pales in comparison mm-hmm. to Johnny Goudreau telling the assembled media, "I had to pee." You can't. You can't. Are you tell shaking me. the table? Probably. You can't tell me that that was not just him trolling because not only I was freaking out. Not dude. only did he do that, he also did that like that. I I took the Calgary Flames off oh, my Instagram, yeah. my Twitter. Like both of those moves <laughs> yeah. were just pure troll. Yes, because I he's si- he's sick of people mentioning his name in trade rooms. He's you know what? I'm gonna fuck with these morons. I really I was I respect it. <laughs> there was a two minute period where I had talked myself into <laughs> Chucky did it. Johnny's he's coming home. I really. <laughs> As I was saying, one of those morons. Uh, listen, I'll take it. I'm excited. I think this team's really good because I keep looking up these numbers since January 8th, and they look like a Stanley Cup contender. This is no longer, eh, we're going to make the playoffs, maybe win around. No, I'm all the I way in. I think they could make a run. All the way in. Oh, okay. I mean, I hope. Charlie, let Three me live. Three things have to I'm happen. all the way in. Three things have to happen. 
You were all the way in before the season started. I'm all the way er. <laughs> if from now till about Memorial Day, Sean Couturier, Ivan Provorov, and Carter Hart play to their ceiling, this team could win the Stanley Cup. Well, sure, but like I feel like that's the case for almost any team if their goal yes, plays to their that, ceiling. Well, that's, how, that's how St. Louis won the Stanley Cup is Jordan Bennington played to his ceiling. Ryan the whole time, Ryan O'Reilly played to his I know that it was just last year, but how much longer are we going to use St. Louis as the example of an underperforming team? Oh, until this year when the Flyers do it. Okay. Then we'll use them. I mean, before <laughs> okay. it was the 2010 Flyers because we knew they were good enough and it took them half the year to figure out they were good enough and had to get in on the last day. This team didn't even take that long to figure out they were good. No, I know They've that. They had a couple of bumps in the road on some bad road trips. Other than that, I mean, take out a two-week period in the month of December and this team is winning the division. Do we still, by a lot. Are we still worried about hard on the road? Or are we no, no, we were I, never worried about hard on the road. I, thought I mean, not my, for any, like, tangible reason yeah. like there's no tangible reason why carter hart's bad on the road but he was in fact bad on the road my well, thought mean it was going to continue all right i didn't think and it, was, it hasn't i didn't okay. think there was a reason for it to continue other than it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy he reads about it so much he worries about it more than he needs to and then he actually is bad on the road that doesn't appear what uh is going to happen he I did mean, he didn't have a great game in tampa but the game right before that in florida he was excellent i mean if your question is like should we be worried about Carter Hart on the road? To a point, we should be worried about Carter Hart because he's a 21-year-old goalie in his first NHL season, yeah. and like the chances of him holding a 920 save percentage through the beginning of June are pretty slim. It would be awesome, but they're pretty slim because he's not an elite goalie yet. I think, goalie. I, I think he will be, but he's not there yet. And guys who are not there yet tend to not play like elite goalies for three straight months. So how do you think... They, uh, how do you think they work this goalie rotation down the stretch? Do you a lot of heart? Yeah, a lot of heart. But miles I, and miles of miles. heart. <laughs> Can we do the electric slide? Uh, I, like I'm looking at the schedule and I see like they have actually like days between games coming up. They have more bad. It's wild stuff. But like these last couple of weeks uh, and right now, like they have two days between a lot of games. But then they have back-to-back road games coming up. Like, how do you think they handle the next week? No, they'll so? they'll do the they'll do what they've been doing with the whole like Elliot gets one of the back-to-backs, Hart gets another. But I think the vast majority of the other games, like Hart's going to get. I, I don't know why you wouldn't. He's he's the better goalie. Yeah, he's the better goalie by a significant margin. Load Usually. management, though, Charles. I mean, they've done a pretty good job load managing yeah. him anyway, and there's enough back-to-backs that that will kind of function as natural load management just doing it that way. But, like, uh, okay, let's say, so he just started on Tuesday, their, uh, yeah, Tuesday, which was last night, and their next game is Friday, so two days off, and it's a home game. Gotta believe Hart gets in there. Yeah. But then after that, two days, but Sunday afternoon at the range. Yeah, they might They might give they L.A. that game. want to go Elliott there. They might give L.A. that game because it's an afternoon game. And then two games... Or two days off, and then at Washington, home versus Carolina. Yeah, so does Elliott start both road games, even if though they're in a row? No, I think what they'll probably do is they'll probably do Hart Friday, Elliott Elliot Sunday, Hart against Washington on the road, Elliott probably against Carolina. Elliott at home, and, no. and, and And then and then you get, like, a run of a bunch of Carter Hart starts. I yeah, think. because yeah. after that, they have, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six of their next seven games are at home. Yeah. And even if it is just a weird 
quirk this year. Hart is awesome at home, well, and I, the fans want to see him. I'm not even. I'm not even looking at that. I'm just looking at days, days between games. Yeah. Like that to me is the big thing. Is that they're when when it looks like they might tire the kid out, they'll probably throw Elliot in. But I think you know five times out of six, you would think it's going to be hard. It didn't sound like Elaine Vigneault was. And this could just be him, you know, not wanting to say Ryan Elliott ain't touching the ice in the playoffs. But he didn't seem completely committed to the idea of one goalie in the playoffs. Like, maybe we will continue to split it. I mean, the Flyers tried it. Uh, I mean, in 2011, they tried it because the whole thing went to shit. But they go to the Stanley Cup final in 1997 with a goalie tandem. I'd be blown away if Carter Hart does not have the line. Like, when I say line share, I mean, like, Every start, unless like they go down 3 0. Yeah, that's. I said, uh, I, I did something last night and I basically said, uh, if the first two games go real poorly, maybe they go to Elliott, but I think it's going to be Hart and it's going to be Hart no matter what. Yes. I, I think that I think this is important. It's important. It's important for him to not only get the experience, which I do believe has value, but it's it's one of those things that's like impossible to measure. But I also think it's very important for Hart to believe that the organization trusts him. I, yeah. th- I think that's extremely important. No, I mean, we saw what happened firsthand with Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah. We watched it happen. We got rid of the best goalie <laughs> that we'd had in 20 years because uh, he had a couple of bad playoff games. One of them wasn't even that bad. Does it make it any better that he kind of sucks in Florida right now? Yes. Yes. Like it kind of makes No, like I root like for it does the... it doesn't make the whole situation better, but it makes me feel better right now. Ending <laughs> up with ending up with Carter Hart made me finally get over it. Like there are things I'll never get over no matter how ridiculous it is years later, but this is one of the things I'm able to get over because we did end up with a franchise goaltender Fair. not that long after. Yep, yep. So I had to get through Michael Neuvert, but after that, we oh were my cool. god, that yeah. guy! Back to back season openers starting. Mm. <laughs> yeah, good times, good times. Oh, uh, so looking at it right now, do you think the Flyers have a real shot to win the division? Yes. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, yeah, they, they could, but it's pretty low. It's it's lower than fans want to believe it is. Not second mathematically, second. Charlie. Think with your heart for second, a second. They could. I, I, they, second, could get, they could get second. Whether this road thing is real or not, like I just said, they've been doing. They've won five of their last eight, have points in six of eight on the road, and you know their last eight road games. But getting home ice advantage in the first round—that's going to be a big deal. So here's my question: I though. don't want to have to go on the road. I don't either, but I kind of think the Flyers match up best against the Capitals. I agree. So kind of maybe don't get second. Well, I mean, if they get second, the Caps might be third. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh could win this division. There's no guarantee the Caps are winning <laughs> this division. Pittsburgh. It's very close. Why are they always like this? Just go they away. Have I hate them so go much. away. They have a player who is unbeatable. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't freaking Fucking know. Crosby. It, it's unbelievable. But just like looking at potential matchups, I'm starting to get excited, mm-hmm. thinking about how this could go, and just. The idea of a game one at the Wells Fargo Center. We've been talking about the atmosphere since we've been doing this show together. That's going to bring it back. That, that right there brings it back. And Instantly. they've been so, as much as you don't want to think the road thing is real, they've just been so damn good at home. 
I like going up 1-0 in a playoff series. They haven't done that in a while. So yeah, when was the last time that happened? It has to be 2012. Yeah, they won. When they, they won, won that game one because of the Briere offside. Yeah, they won. Well, they also won game one in the Devil Series in overtime. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So twenty. Yeah, and then they lost four straight. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they and game one was on the road against uh, Pittsburgh because yes. they fell down three nothing, yes, and then Briere the had that offside goal, and then everything was cool. Uh, <laughs> right. But like, just the idea of being able. To get the playoffs started here, I think, is so important. Yeah. And not just because of the home road splits, just for everybody's confidence in the environment that could finally come oh, back. Please. And, like, the city getting behind the team and everything we've been waiting for for so goddamn long. <sighs> I'm so happy thinking about it. It makes me happy. I, I hate, I always, I, I have these dumb things at the end that I'm just like, if we have time to get into <laughs> it. And I hate this one being negative. Probably look gas to anybody else. I brought it up oh last boy. week, and y'all said I was nuts. And then I've been you've, watching. You've been talking about this for months. I, I, I still think. I worried about it in the beginning of the season. He looked they like were, ass last night. I, I mean, I a little terrible. assy. I think look, like he looked like he had a hole in his stick last night, and his skates were on the wrong feet. Yeah, I think I. I don't know. I guess I'm just not seeing this, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know if this is just if this is just something you're saying. If this is something that the people on your on your post game or saying i don't it didn't I don't, actually, it hasn't been coming up uh i don't know I, 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 do i think he's playing amazing no is he making some mistakes yeah but i don't think he's like sucking i think he's been fine i wouldn't say overall he's been sucking i thought he was not very good last night and in the beginning of the season when they were using him 23 to 27 minutes a game if it went to overtime like I was worried about overuse a bit. I realized there are guys who get used more, and they, you know, Drew Doughty, it doesn't seem to have affected him on their cup runs or anything. But it just... I don't think they're even, like, I don't think they're using him that, like... Okay. I don't think they're overusing him now, but I do think they did, and now he I, might I, I, be a little I'd have gas. to go back through his time on ice, but like I don't think it was that ridiculous. Like in, in 2017-18, he he averaged 24 minutes and nine seconds a night. This year, he's averaging 24 minutes 53 seconds a night. So, like, is that are those extra 45 seconds a night as compared to the season where he was an absolute horse in the first playoff round against Pittsburgh before he tore his shoulder ligament or whatever the hell and it was and continue to play and continue to play like i guess i'm just not i'm not worried i'm sorry i'm not worried about his long-term future i'm like, not worried think, about his short-term I don't, future i think he's going to be a number one defenseman and he'll learn to play these minutes i think he is a number one defenseman and he is playing these minutes and there, there's like I, I i don't know i don't I don't get where this is coming from. I just want. I just. It's I mean, just it's, what it's I'm fair. Saying. It's what you're saying. I'm just saying it's not. It's not really what I'm saying. Okay. Um. What I. What I think happens sometimes with Provy is that once you once people get the idea in their head that he's not playing well, they start looking. They, look, they, they see start, every they mistake. They start looking yes. for mistakes because he's just on the ice so damn much, yeah. and then it sort of snowballs into this. He's playing like shit. Which I think to a degree happened. Like I don't think he was good last year, but I do think that was part of it. I think we kind of overrated how bad he was playing because we were just on the lookout for every fuck up, and that might be like I don't know. I haven't seen enough screw ups recently to really worry me. But clearly, you're you're you disagree. It's so just it's it, just. I mean, we're just we can be well, people can watch the same game and have different opinions. Certainly, yeah. No, Robert Haig was excellent last night. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. It was... I am, like, at the point where I, I just don't want to deal with it. So when he makes a glaring mistake, I don't even tweet about it. Like, I, I don't even want to br- bring it up in post game. It's like, yeah, you know, he makes good plays and he makes bad pay- plays. He's, he's a third-pair defenseman. That's who he is. All right, so right now, I want predictions. For what? Where do the Flyers finish in the standings? Who's their first-round matchup? Steph. Third. Um, I don't know. Who finishes second? Washington. Okay. So Philly-Washington in the first round, rematch of 2016. Yeah, let's go with that. Yes. Okay. Charlie. Uh, I'm going to say third Pittsburgh. I, w- I want it to be Washington, but I think it'll be Pittsburgh. I kind of, yeah, I'm with Kelly? you. I, I want to say that they're going to finish second, but I think that third is a more realistic prediction and yeah it'll probably be pittsburgh and i don't i don't know if i hate that i mean i do hate it but i don't know if i hate it hate it it's It's just we're gonna get so fucking hamped for it beating pittsburgh is exciting playing the games and not doing it really really hurts me it sure you think washington's gonna get first I'm gonna finish first. I I think Washington around like mid March is going to remember that like they're in a playoff race and just start winning all their games like they always do. And God, also like there's a possibility that Ovi and Kovalchuk on the power play could just score 47 goals a game. I want Kovalchuk to go back to being dead. Me too. No way. <laughs> okay. Like not actually go back to dead, being lazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why are you trying? Again? Stop trying. Stop yeah. It. What's the problem here? Come You're on. the lazy guy. Did, right? Didn't you have fun in Russia? Go back. Yeah, go back. Yeah. Go, go Isn't back. it great in Russia? That's go what back. I've heard. Go it's on. awesome there. Uh, I am going to predict first place. Hell baby. yes. Of course. They're taking on Carolina. They're going to grind Rod <laughs> Brendamore into dust. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's all. I don't know what time we started, but this seems about about right. Uh, Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for listening. Uh, Hey, search us wherever there are podcasts and, like, subscribe. It's pretty easy. You know how to work podcasts right now. And while you're there, hey, give us five-star ratings. Give us those thumbs up. Say nice things. We are called Broad Street Hockey. Uh, My name is Bill Matz. For Steph, for Kelly, for Charlie, have a great week, everybody.